0: to the You Flourish Church podcast, a gospel-centered, multi-ethnic church from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, dedicated to helping you flourish in your faith. For more information about our mission and how you can get involved, please visit www.youflourishchurch.org. All right. Well, good to see everyone this morning. Uh, Just a blessing to be in the presence of God and all of his people. Uh, You know, as I was uh, putting the sermon together uh, this week, I began to think back uh, to about the senior year uh, for my daughter. She's the youngest of five, and and it was during her senior year, we were kind of going back and forth about what she would be doing after high school. And we wanted her to go to college, but it was becoming more and more apparent that she really wasn't interested in that. She kind of wanted to take a, a little bit of a break. So we started talking about the armed forces and It appeared that this would be a viable option because she could spend a couple of years in the service, and then the government would pay for her college. That was even better uh, but uh, but ultimately, you know it, it began to be very clear to us that she really wasn't interested in going into the service either. And so, she, you know, she wasn't studying for the test, and she was kind of lollygagging around. And I just remember just getting to this point, and I just told her, I'm like, look, either you're going to college, you're going to the service, or you got to leave here. And she said, okay. <laughs> and my 18-year-old baby girl packed up her clothes, and she couldn't wait to get away from me. And I couldn't believe it. I'm like, I can't believe she just, she just called our bluff like that. And I was just, it was just killing me because, like, she was just, she was about it about it. And and so me and my wife, we just sitting there. Me, it was just killing us. Our stomach was all twisted up, but yet we were still trying to play tough because, you know, we 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 put that ultimatum out there. But ultimately, though, it it just killed me. It took the life out of me. I had to give her up to the lust of her heart because she was unwilling to take refuge in the protection of her father. In today's passage, we're going to find a similar concept as God gives man up to the lust of his heart because he's unwilling to take refuge in the protection of his father. If you're... Bibles are open. We're going to be coming from Romans today, and we're going to see in the passage three things uh, that Paul speaks. Uh, one is we're going to see that Paul, he speaks to the lack of honor for God. Paul, he speaks to the lust of the heart. And, and Paul, he speaks to the Lord, giving them up. And again, this morning we're picking up in, in Romans 1, beginning in the 18th verse. Uh, but before we go there, may we go to the Lord in prayer. Um, God, you are good. We love you. We thank you for your mercy, for your grace, for your love, and for your kindness. God, I pray above all that you would speak. And God, I pray that you'll anoint our ears to hear everything that you speak. And God, I pray that you'll anoint our hearts to apply all that you speak. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Last week, uh, just just a disclaimer, we talked about we're going to be dealing with a a sensitive topic uh, today. And it will be in PG version, so there'll be some things that you'll have to read in between the lines. Uh, uh, But verse 18, look at what it says. It it says, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who by their unrighteousness suppress the the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them for the invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world and the things that have been made. So they are without excuse in verse 21, for although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking. And their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creepy things. May the Lord add a blessing to the hearers and doers of his word. If there's one thing that I can bring to your attention, it be in verse 21, and I would ask you to highlight. It says, for although they knew God, they did not honor him as God. Now, now here, uh, we we immediately see why many would say Romans is a hard book to do a sermon series on. Uh, 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 We we see this immediate shift from a conversation about the righteous living by faith to a conversation about the unrighteous. I mean, he takes a sharp left turn. In verse 18, he comes out swinging haymakers, saying... He it said, it for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. And, 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 and so what we find is that, that the wrath of God is the penalty associated with the unrighteousness of sin. I don't care how you say it, how you look at it, which way you flip it up and down, the penalty for sin is the wrath of of God. And, and this is where Paul is, is, is going to. And again, he, he takes this shift from the righteous living by faith to this this this, this whole conversation about ungodliness and unrighteousness. And he, and he's digging deep and he's going in. Up to this point, he has show, he has addressed the believers in Rome. You know, he said, I heard about your faith. Your faith has been proclaimed throughout the entire world. So he's, he's been talking about the believers in Rome, and now all of a sudden he takes a hard shift and he begins to start addressing the state of mankind. And, and subsequently, Paul has shifted from a call to belong to Jesus to the state of mankind who does not belong to Jesus. In verse 19, he goes on to say, what could be known about God? It, 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 you, you know, he, he, he said man is simply without excuse when you begin to look at it. He says because what can be known about God is seen in, in some of the invisible things that, that he has been, that has been created. In other words, God's power and his divinity is clearly understood through the things, through the things that he's made. And you know, there's some things that we just simply take for we just take for granted. But we look at miracles every single day. I think about you ever been on an airplane and you drove and you flew, not drove, but you flew through the clouds. And, and the clouds are thick and they're they're big, but you can't touch it. You can fly right through it. And, and, and the, the most amazing thing is that rain. Comes out of that, out, out of just a bunch of smoke, water comes. We see miracles every single day that proves that God is who He says that He is, and yet we just look at it as. I remember living in Jackson, Mississippi, and I worked for this watering or this water, this bottling plant. I'm sorry, and it was the most amazing thing because we were bottling up. Millions of bottles of water off this small spring that was right next door. It, it was unbelievable. It's just unbelievable that, that water just comes out of the ground and it just bubbles up and it's clear, it's it's, it's 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 as clear as it possibly could be. You could just put your cup up to it and begin to drink it. And it's ice cold, and the Mississippi is really, really hot. And it's ice cold, and, 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 and there's no lake that it's going into. I don't even know where it's going, but it's just a consistent and a consistent flow of this wonderful spring water. And when I began to just think about all the things that God has created, think about his, the moon. I learned one day that the, the moon has no light It has absolutely no light at all. But what we see when we look up at the moon is the moon is actually reflecting the sun. And and, and so when we look at all the amazing things that God has created, how can man be without excuse to not know that God exists? God has clearly made himself known. And so what Paul says next can easily be taken out of context in verse 21 it appears as it's directed at those uh, belonging to Jesus. And, and look at what verse 21 said. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God. And, 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 and I got I gotta I got hit on this a little bit. It's because knowing God and being in relationship with God are not synonymous. There's completely two different things. Let me just tell you this. Like, like I know LeBron James. He just don't know me <laughs> and, 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 and this is the thing that Jesus said he says like like, like at, at, at the end days he's what he said that the kingdom of heaven was going to be light he says gonna be some on the left and some on the right and, and, and he says there's some that he said depart from me you workers of iniquity I never knew you and I, 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 I never knew you and, 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 and so What Paul is saying is though they know God, they did not honor God with their lives. What good is he to be God if you ain't willing to submit your life to him? So then he becomes the God of somebody else as opposed to the Lord of our own lives. And so so subsequently, one's theology about God does not equate to a life that gives God glory. Like we've all been created with a purpose, and that purpose is that we are called to give God glory with the life that we live. And so Paul is talking to the state of mankind because that's not exactly what's going on. And and, and let me just say that that the theological stance, it does not equate to bringing God glory. To know God and not honor him as God falls in the category, let me just say this, even, even though I'm a student of theology, but it falls in the category of theology. And why do I say that? It's because you got theologians who don't belong to Jesus. It's, it's, it's a proven fact. You got theologians who, who, who determine what we read in, in seminary who don't belong to Jesus. So one's theological stance does not equate to a relationship with Jesus. And, and, and let me just say that, that, that Greek philosophy it was, had a heavy influence on Roman culture during the time of Paul's letter to the Romans. Philosophy was, was, a, was a huge deal. It had a huge influence. And, 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 and chances are that, that what people believed and what they philosophized about God did not necessarily equate to a life that submitted to God. You know, there's a difference. He didn't just call us to love him with our mind, and that's what we'll say when we want to philosophize with God. Well, we we got to love God with all of our mind. But he said more than that. He said, love God with all my mind, all my heart, all my soul, and all my strength. We've got to continue to keep going. And, and, And so the practice of theology without honoring God with our lives is a recipe for futile thinking and darkened hearts. And and this is where Paul, he's going at because he would have been aware of what was transpiring and and what was the state of culture at this point in time. But this is what happens when we find ourselves more interested in displaying what we think as opposed to what our lives are displaying. So we love to display what we think. We love to get in conversations and and sit around a table and drink some coffee and tell people what we think. We love to display what it is that we think. But how many of us are just as eager to display our lives as a life that's submitted to Christ Jesus? In in verse 22, he says, they claim to be wise. And again, you know, this this is that mind candy. You know, we can get caught up in mind candy. We can get caught up in a philosophy, but he says they claim to be wise. And he says, yet they become fools. And ladies and gentlemen, this is one of the reasons why, again, I'm a student of theology, but I'm apprehensive of theology. I also understand that everybody has one. Every denomination has one. Every wrong thought about God comes from, a th- everybody has one. And so that's not the place where I find my truth. I find my truth through relationship with the Father. That's where I find my truth. I find my truth by laying down how I feel and what I think for his ways and his thoughts because I know there's nothing but error in Kurt you know no matter how smart no matter how good I look (laughs) let let me just say (laughs) Paul says those who consider them wise and who and who God was simply became complete utter fools. Look, look at what it says in verse 23. He says, and exchange the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man, birds, animals, and creepy things. And so, so, so many of us would never exchange the glory of God for, for animals and birds and creepy things. And so it's easy, as, easy for us to look at this passage and say, man, them people were crazy. They were worshiping snakes and, and, and dogs and animals and all, all, all kind of things. But, but let me tell you uh, 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 what we have found ourselves doing. Because he didn't just say animals and creepy things, but he also said mortal man. And I grew up, uh, you know, everywhere I looked, there was a picture of Jesus hanging somewhere. Or there was a statue of Jesus. Look at what Paul says. He says, images of mortal man. Because it's a part of our American culture, we don't even question it. But we question the culture of people who put up a snake or, or a dove and call it Jesus. But we don't question the images that we've created for our, 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 ourselves. And so, he says, they exchange the glory of God for the images People have created for themselves, and everybody has an image of God that they created for themselves. And I can't tell you how many times I've heard people say, me and God have an understanding. But God just has a special understanding for you. He changed the whole word of God specifically just for you. You're so special. For God. This is, I'm like, I wish I could have a relationship with God like you, God. You mean to tell me you could do and say and believe anything? Like it's just willy-nilly because me and God got an understanding. You need to go get an understanding with God. And again, how often have man exchanged the glory of God for an image of his own choosing? It's more comfortable to believe that I got a great understanding with God. Like, like God ain't in the deal making business. Uh, like, he, he, he's created his word, and, and we have free will, a free choice to decide that we're going to submit our lives to his word. That his word does not somehow shape and form to fit our lives. That it's our lives that needs to do the, sh- the shaping. And, and, and subsequently, there's no greater honor and glory God can receive than through the lives we live as servants of God. Ladies and gentlemen, that's, that's our call. That's our call. And so, so Paul, he's, he's talking about uh, this, this state of mankind after addressing these, these Christians in Rome. And so not only does he speak to the lack of honor for God, but his, his next point is he speaks to the lust of the heart. And let's pick up in verse 24 and look at what it says in verse 24 says therefore God gave them up in the lust of their heart to impurity to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worship and serve the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever amen for this reason God gave them up to dishonorable passions. For the women exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to nature. And the men likewise gave up natural relationships with women and were consumed with passion for one another. Men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in themselves the due penalty for their error. If you're following along, I want to bring to your attention verse 24. Go ahead and highlight, therefore God gave them up in the lust of their heart. Uh, Here, Like like Paul, he builds on this idea that mankind exchanged the glory of God for self-created images of God that appease their own personal desires. And, and, And as a result of God's glory being replaced with man's imagination, in verse 24, Paul says, God gave them up, not to the enemy, but he gave them up to their own imaginations of who he was. And let me say this. God is not a God of competition. Nor will he force you to serve him. He allows man to choose his own path. A Man has the ability to choose and he allows man to choose his own path. And subsequently, there were some interesting things that took place in Greek culture that Paul was referencing. And because we... RPG. I can't get into all of it that was going on, but there were some really interesting things that was happening in Greek culture that, that, that Paul was speaking to that, that would have definitely been present in, in Rome at this point in time as well. Uh, he was experiencing it in Corinth, and Corinth was full of immorality. And, and, and so verse 24 goes on and says that God gave them up. The impurity and the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves. Now, let me just let me just stop and say, because we do expository preaching here at Euthlowers Church. We don't cherry pick. We don't like decide what topic we're gonna preach on. And we, we don't do that. We preach through the books of the Bible. Wherever it lands. it lands. It, it lands, and so we're we, we going to preach what's, what's in there. But, but also let me say this, because I think the church has done a terrible, 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 terrible job with the community of people that Paul is referencing. And here's the thing, you know, that's not the only group of people that he's referencing. It, go, it goes above and it goes, goes beyond that. And so, so here's the thing. It's like we are called to love on the people, all people. I don't care what they sin is. I don't care how immoral they are. We're still called to love them. In fact, we, Jesus said we're supposed to love our enemy. So we love the people, and we hate the sin. It's, it's, it, that, that, that's what we, and, and we love we, on people, and we love on people, and we love on people, and we keep loving on people, and we are inclusive of people. But I don't have to approve of any sin to be inclusive. I want to be in relationship with you. I want to love you. I want to walk with you. And certainly, you know, there's some things that, like, it ain't just as black as white as we want to. There's a whole lot of things that, 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 that's in the mix that we can't necessarily get into today. But let me just say that we're called to love all people. And again, I think the church has done a terrible, terrible job of this. But yet, this was a situation that was going on at this point in time. And for years, the church has used the second part of Romans to beat up on a particular group of people who had a particular kind of sin. Well, let me just say that immorality, same categorical relationships, is just as immoral is adultery and fornication. Like, we don't, we don't get to have levels of sin. We, we don't get to have levels. Like, immorality is immorality. And so what Paul is talking about, he's talking about a category of immorality, same category relations equate to the same thing as adultery, fornication. And Jesus said, if you look at someone and lust after them, he said, you committed adultery in your heart. And essentially, what am I saying? Am I making excuses for anybody? No. I'm saying that we all stand, we all stand, uh, 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 we, we, we all stand in opposition of what God stands for, who God is. And it's only, it's only through his grace, it's only through his forgiveness that we are allowed to even stand in his presence. We can't even stand in his presence without what the son has done for us so what the son needs to do for those that might be caught up in same category relations is the same thing that needs to happen for those that's caught up in nography that's caught up in adultery that's caught up in fornication I'm here to tell you if we're going to talk about it we're going to talk about the full category and we're not going to just separate it and let me just say this too like the church the church people want to know what's your stance? What's your stance? What's your stance? Well, let me tell you, I don't have a stance. Why are you worried about my stance? Like I can't get you into heaven or hell, but I can tell you about the stance that's in the Bible. I can tell you about God's stance. I don't have a I don't have a dog in the fight, y'all. I don't have a dog in the fight, and so let me tell you that the church don't have the latitude. To begin to start like like you give me your your grandmother's recipe for her pound cake and then I'm gonna take it and I'm gonna like well I'm gonna put four eggs in it instead of three I think it's better with more cups of, We don't get to do that with God's word. I don't have the latitude. No preacher, no church has the latitude to go in and change God's word so it can align better with today's culture. But what I can say, ladies and gentlemen, that none of us are better than the other, that we are broken. I don't get to judge one group of people because your sins are different than mine. I think we become so judgmental when, and and, and, you know, I remember growing up in church like, man, when when this was preached, people like, yeah, you tell them, tell them, yeah, tell them. Like, cut them up, two-edged sword. We we like all that stuff. But but the reality of the situation, y'all, just because other people sin differently than you, just because other people have different struggles than you, don't mean that God's love is not as far-reaching for them as it is for you. So I want to walk with you. I don't care where you're at. I want, I want to walk with you. I want to love you. And I'm encouraging our church that we walk with all those and we encourage them. And I'm not asking you, I'm not asking anybody to love on the faith, love on the sin rather. I'm asking that we love on the people, that we love on the people, but we don't have to affirm sin. No sin. And, 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 and so, so Paul, he he's talking about this thing. He's talking about s- same category relations for women. He's going to men. And, and I just had to bring in one thing, it's because, you know, he, he's really talking about idolatry and immorality. But one of the things that I think that's really important that we need to look at, I think it's really, really important, is that. There's no degrees of sin, and, and here's the thing. Um, James says that if you're guilty of one, that you're guilty of them all. And y'all, that's 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 pretty powerful. Actually, it's pretty scary. So if you're guilty of what you actually own, because you'll probably own your sin because you'll probably say mine is not as bad as he is. You'll own yours. But but James says if you're guilty of of one part of the law, he says that you're guilty of all of it. And and so what's really happening, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to understand that Paul and, and some of the biblical writers, they're painting this picture to help you to understand that there's nothing that you could do on your own. There is no such thing as holy living on your own. There's no such thing as as perfection on your own without the blood of Jesus Christ covering you. Ladies and gentlemen, there's no way that we could even stand before him. I don't care how little your sin is or how big your sin is. We need Jesus. And and Paul, is he's going to be hammering this for the next couple of chapters. He's going to be hammering unrighteousness. But the beauty of it is it doesn't end there. And and for anyone that has any idea or any inkling to begin to judge the others, Paul is not done. And and, and, and the third point that Paul makes is Paul, he speaks to the Lord, giving them up. Let's pick up in, in verse 28. Look at what it says. It says, and since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. May the Lord add a blessing to the hearers and doers of his word. In verse 28, if I can just get you to highlight, God gave them up to a debased mind. Uh, in the King James Version, I like the King James Version because it said reprobated mind. They're like, oh, he got a reprobated mind. They got a, uh, uh, uh. But, but, but here, just when you thought Paul was talking about the other people, just when you thought he was talking about God, he, just, he takes this oozy out. Like everybody gonna get it. You're gonna find yourself, and you're gonna find yourself in in one of these things I got to say. So so here, Paul, he again maintained that as a result of the actions of mankind, that God reacts. That that God reacts, And, and and in verse 28 he says, as a result of not acknowledging God, God reacted by giving them up, again, not to the enemy, but giving them up to their own. Reprobated mind. And, and, and what we find is that for the third time in our passage today, we see God giving man up to his own devices. Again, not to the enemy, but to his own devices. And so far, God gave them up to the lust of their own heart. Uh, two, we see that God gave them up to their passions. And here, he gives them up to a reprobated mind. And what is a reprobated mind? It's defined as an unprincipled way of thinking. In other words, that, that, that man's thinking aligns more with what is pleasing to self versus what is pleasing to God. That's a reprobated mind. When all your thinking is based about what pleases you, and then you just stamp God's approval on it and say that it's pleasing to God too. And let me just say the devil is a liar. Because uh, 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 God don't want what's pleasing to you. God wants what's pleasing to Him, and God wants you to submit yourself to be what's pleasing to Him. This is a reprobated mind at its best when one believes that the ways of self is aligned with the ways of God, and, and it couldn't be anything further from the truth. Subsequently, just when you thought Paul came out throwing pitch, uh, punches against uh, same category immorality, he shifts. He shifts. The the reprobated mind, it loves to point the finger at the sins of other people. However, in verse 29, Paul, he goes in. He said, they are filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness. And again, we we can look at this and we begin to start checking it off. Like, that's not me. That's not me. Well, (laughs) I might be guilty of that. But here's the thing that Paul does that really makes it difficult. Paul does the bundle. Y'all know the bundle? Like uh, Spectrum loves to do that to you in AT&T. They love to the, the give you the bundle. They give you stuff that you don't even want. Like man, I don't want no phone. I just want internet, no? We're going to bundle it up. You're going to get the phone, you're going to get the TV, and you're going to get the Like, no, I don't want that. But it's cheaper if you get the bundle. Well, this is what Paul does. Paul begins bundling up all of the sins. And so out of 8 or 9 of them, you might only be guilty of one of them. But guess what James says? He says if you're guilty of them all, if you're guilty of one, that you're guilty of them all, you're getting the bundle package. So for those of you that are judging, those that are caught up in same category relations, if you're guilty of one, you're guilty of that too. And, and so what, what, what this, this whole point is, is Paul is trying to paint the picture. I don't care how good you think you are. I don't care how bad you think you are. We need the blood of Jesus to cover us. It was a reason why, because if it was that, if it was that simple, y'all, if it was that easy, you think it would require God to come off His throne to become a man and to spill His blood for my penalty? Oh, y'all think it's just for the penalty for same category immorality, ladies and gentlemen? Like like Paul, he, he he goes on and he lists a whole list, and there's no way. That you can read this list and say, "I don't belong somewhere in there." You might be looking at it it's like, "No, I'm not a murderer. I'm not." But let me let me tell you, you got caught up in the bundle package. You've been bundled. And in verse thirty one, he. He goes on. He says, "Foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless," and 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 I encourage you to go home and read all of these different things that is considered a sin. I, I don't have time to give you a definition for all of them, but but verse thirty one, I I thought I would do it because we look at these words and we say that's not us. But foolish is simply lack of sound judgment. You know, purchasing a car um, that you can't afford the lack of sound judgment. Uh, He says, faithless. Faithless is nothing more than disloyalty. Have you ever been disloyal to someone or someone ever accused you of being disloyal? Uh, Heartless, and many of us will say, that's not me, but heartless is simply a lack of consideration. Have you ever had a lack of consideration for somebody else? And, and, And the other one is ruthless, and we'll probably definitely say, that's not me. But ruthless, ruthless is simply a lack of compassion. Have you ever lacked compassion? And so Paul, he closes out verse 32, simply saying, "Those though they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them but give approval to those who practice them. And ladies and gentlemen, this is the state of man and his need for grace. Because... There's a penalty that those who do such things, even one of them, that the penalty is that we deserve to die. We deserve to die. And I know if anybody that probably read this, this passage before we got here today, you probably thought this was going to be a message about them. This is a message about us. And so what ends up happening, there's a penalty that we all deserve to. And so what he would do is he would come off his throne. And he realized that a dove is not gonna do it. He realized that that a ram is not going to be able to do it. He realized that David can't do it. That, that Abraham, he can't do it, that, that Solomon he can't do it. Daniel, he can't do it. And, and God realized that he has to come off of his throne as a perfect, as a perfect sacrifice who would cover. The penalties of my sin, even if it's only one, your sin, even if it's only one, it's still, the penalty is still, I got to die. And so he said, instead of you dying, I'm going to come off the throne and I'm going to suffer the torturing device of Romans and I'm going to spill my blood. So that you all can have an opportunity to be called sons and daughters of the most high God. So that you all will have an opportunity to have a place in the kingdom of my father. Ladies and gentlemen, the thing that I pray that you take away today is like, no matter where you are in your walk with Christ, even if you hadn't even decided to take that step yet, if you're here today, the beautiful thing about it is, and Romans 10 and 9 say, if you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart, God has raised Jesus from the dead, Say, so you shall be saved. He can cover the penalty that you deserve. It's yours today. Let us pray. God, you're good. We love you. We thank you. For- for your mercy, for your grace, your love, your kindness, God. I just pray right now that you would move by your power, by your might, God. If there's someone that's here today that have not taken that step to know you, God, let them know, God, that you died for them too, God, that there's grace for them too, no matter how how bad, uh, how wicked, God, but your love covers a multitude of sins, God. I ask, God, that you would Give us deliverance, God, from the things that hold us back and being completely submissive to you. God, we desire you. We love you. We give you honor and glory. In Jesus' name, amen.